Welcome to the Screenbox Technology and Business Rundown, episode number three. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the new Google Meets and cybersecurity and how it affects business and technology. Uh, and I have Botan and Iman with me today, uh, and we will start this discussion. So uh, what do you guys think? Have you looked at the uh, new Google Meets? Uh, uh, what do you think? Any opinions? Yeah, um, I like this new feature. So they have like added few features like about the language and the captions. So it seems that that part is pretty interesting with the different languages. Yes. Um, I thought one of the things that was really interesting about uh, what they're doing, you know, if you, uh, you look at it, uh, you know, they're aiming this service basically for kind of like a hub for planning projects and collaborating with other people, but they're doing it with not just business, but even if you have just a standard, normal Google or Gmail account, you can use all the accesses, uh, all the, the apps and everything that's in the new Google Meet on uh, the new Google apps. Uh, so they're really trying to give it so that individuals have the same access as business to those type of tools. And I think that's a really neat approach. I think it's going to help them gather a lot of uh, users. Um, that's actually right. Yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, everyone can experience it without like paying for the extra, you know, um, the subscriptions and all that. They can experience and they can figure out if they would like it. Then they can go ahead even if they want to use it for their business or you know, for their personal meetings. Like people do that too. Uh, my family use Google Meet sometimes because they think it's easy because everyone has Gmail account. It's super easy. They just need to like download an app and they can experience the same things. Mm -hmm. I mean, my experience with uh, Google has always been that of business. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, Botan, as a developer, do you really use Google much? uh in your work or not really <laughs> well as search engine of course but uh other than that as as uh, the other products that google has like pages and uh i don't even know the names of the products to be honest with you i rarely ever use them so uh, since i'm a mainly a dotnet developer so uh, we are kind of forced into or not forced into but logged into a contract with microsoft and they have uh all of these products that uh, do essentially the same thing, only a bit worse. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there, there, there's there's a real competition uh, at this point between Google and Microsoft. Google kind of had an advantage, and then Microsoft came out with Teams, uh, where they put a lot of Microsoft products like Excel and, and Outlook and and Word and all that into Teams. Uh, Google has it for their stuff. Uh, you know, the, the Google version of those apps are kind of uh, watered down versions. So Google Sheets is the same as Excel, but Excel obviously has a lot more power and a lot more functionality than Google Sheets. But as far as business is concerned, we use Google Sheets for all of our internal business documents and talking to people about that. Uh, but my daughter now, who's eight years old, uh, she has a Google account, and she'll she knows how to put some data into a spreadsheet. Uh, it's very simplified. Uh, I haven't taught her how to make formulas because I don't want her to cheat on her homework. Um, but uh, uh, you know, she puts That's in cute. names and, and and other things in a spreadsheet. She she understands, and she'll share it with me, and I can look at it. Um, and same with uh, Docs, Google Docs, which is the same as Microsoft Word in, in, in many ways. So even I can see from a personal standpoint 
that I guess people will use it on a consumer level. Um, but my experience has always been out of business. Um, so I, I think it's going in a, a, an interesting direction. Um, and, but Google's new update, uh, they really wanted to focus on Gmail. Uh, and they, they really updated Gmail to get in line with Slack and Microsoft Teams, adding some of those features. Uh, I don't know. Slack has a pretty big following for that application. I don't know if uh, people are going to switch over to the Gmail version of uh, Slack, but you never know. Uh, there are a lot of companies who are committed to Google Apps, and they may they may do that. Um, uh, but uh, they're definitely using uh, Gmail as kind of their command center, per se. Well, you know, the interesting thing about Slack is it, it feels like they had the whole market cornered about 10 years ago. And uh -huh. now, where are they? <laughs> like, everyone uses uh, Facebook Messenger and, like, I don't know, uh, Viber, WhatsApp, all of these uh, different things, Microsoft Teams, Google Meets. All that and uh, I still feel like that Slack is, is a great experience, and I do hear that it has a cult following, especially in certain uh, uh, agencies and uh, companies. But it's 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 really strange to see. It's it's very similar to how Skype uh, had complete dominance on the uh, video and yeah. audio call markets, and they just lost it. Yeah, it was really my experience with Skype was actually through gaming. Uh, a lot of the gamers were using Skype, you know, fifteen years ago, ten years ago, and then all of a sudden it went to another platform, right? Um, yep. I, I don't know. It, it, it's a it's a real challenge for everybody in business. The biggest challenge we're finding is that everybody's on different communication platforms. Uh, I don't use Skype at all. Uh, if people want to talk to me, uh, they have to send me an email. Uh, maybe I'll do a text message. I don't even have a preference for text message. But, you know, if somebody, you know, does WhatsApp, I, I happen to have it on my phone. I get a notification. Facebook Messenger, again, uh, old people use Facebook, so I use it. Uh, and... Uh, uh, I get messages from people for business on, on my personal Facebook because they're connected somehow. Um, but I, I, as a company, we don't know, we don't have a single communication platform. It's like, well, try to contact me here. And if I don't answer, contact me on this one. If I don't answer, contact me on this one. And I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a big business challenge in the future for companies to have a unified communication platform, right? And I, I think Google's going in the right direction. They're trying to make a unified communication platform as to whether people will accept it or not. That's a different question. Uh, are you familiar with uh, Discord at all? No. Like, um, it, it's a small application. It's been growing over the past couple of years, and it feels like there's a new platform, kind of. So it does uh, essentially the same thing as Skype did ages ago, but with a new twist. So it's sort of a merge between uh, TeamSpeak and Skype and Slack, I guess. Maybe a bit of Microsoft Teams sprinkled in. So on one platform, you have the ability to create uh, servers where you can invite people, uh, either approve or ban them or just invite uh, an entire slew of people into an organizational server. And the amazing thing is that on the same uh, same server, you have the ability to create as many chat rooms as you want. Well, provided you want to pay for it, of course, but <laughs> uh, just the sheer fact that you are able to do this, you have the possibility to do this. And you can also just uh, join ad hoc uh, calls as well. So. I've been seeing it grow from this um, niche thing to pretty much every YouTuber having their own Discord server. So uh, I feel like companies are really sleeping on this one because it is an amazing platform and I've yet to see a single company utilize it. Interesting. Yeah, it's definitely something to look at. 
uh, you know, there are so many different platforms out there to solve these kind of uh, communication uh, challenges that companies have and businesses have. Um, and it's always different because clearly even uh, with us or my experience, the developers are using one, you know, other uh, communication platforms and the business side is using different ones, right? Uh, and and I, I, you know, for me, the only reason that we're using Google in all honesty is when I was doing business and traveling overseas, uh, Skype quality was awful and the calls were awful and it was hard, you know, and Google's quality was much better. So we just happened to use Google Meets uh, for calls and conference calls and all that 10 years ago, simply because the quality was better and the lines wouldn't drop and, you know, people wouldn't break up. And so we abandoned Skype because of that uh, and just, you know, stuck with Google, not because it's the best or not because it had everything, but it worked better than Skype. And then Skype obviously has kind of disappeared. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's some people who still use it, but, you know, we don't. I think I have like four different Skype accounts because every time uh, I remember they offered like desktop app and it would take a while to load, first of all, and then you got to put your like, you know, um, username and everything. And then it's going to take another while to like load the whole app. I know it was so awful. And every time I would just forget my password because I don't use it. I use like after years, someone asked me that I got to like make a new account. Then I just happened to never use it again. <laughs> Yeah, so I think, yeah, you're right for sure. Like Google Meet. And another thing, like you were talking about the Slack and the, the Google, if like they will offer something similar to Slack, I feel like people would like it. Like if we can see notifications, like every single person, they have a Gmail account. And if you can like access every single thing on one account with one email ID, I think that's very convenient for everyone good for communication like you were talking about whatsapp like you can see on your phone even though whatsapp wasn't offering a lot in the past but people happen to use it a lot even in my school everyone was using it so i think uh now even if google would offer like a little bit like even not like better than slack but even something similar to it and we can access it through our gmail account i think everyone would love it i mean it's gonna might take a while because slack is obviously very well established platform people have been using it for a very long time but i think people would still prefer and go towards the google because it's more convenient for everyone yeah i agree i i think that there, there there's going to be a consolidation at some point the companies major businesses are all going to say to their people look this is the platform we're going to work with right don't use these other platforms use this platform it's starting to happen a little bit in large enterprises i know uh that they they insist you know they bring on microsoft teams uh or google as the as the platform that's what you use for all business communications but enterprise is not you know it's 500 or 600 companies around the world all the small businesses are the ones that are really all over the place and I think that uh, those smaller businesses, uh, $100 million, uh, a year and below businesses, it, they're just randomly trying things and their employees use one thing for that and then they, they integrate it into the business. And so the business is using eight communication platforms for all of this business. It, it, it can, I think it's going to be really confusing. But obviously Google sees the same thing. And Google's thinking, how do we make uh, Google Meets into a single communication platform for documents and other things? Uh, and so we'll see how it goes. Uh, you know, they're a company with a lot of resources. Um, I, I mean, I remember we worked on a project, uh, I don't know, eight, nine years ago, which was uh, a, a, the part of uh, uh, Google Hangouts. I guess it was Google Hangouts back then, uh, where uh, they put in location information. Where are people? You can see where they are uh, in Meet and hook up with them. Uh, and that was an old Google. That was one of the first things. They bought uh, the company we were working with and integrated it into Hangouts, 
but that feature didn't seem to last long in Hangouts very much. Uh, but now it's just part of the Google Meets platform, right? Yeah. I don't know. Iman, how do you use uh, Google Meets uh, and what you do? Or maybe you can give a little background in, in what you're kind of doing and, and how you use Google Meets. Yeah, so like I have a, like I'm a physicist in the background, but I'm transitioning to, um, you know, the software industry. So I'm working as a software engineer now. And about the Google Meet, like um, I do remember in the school and the Google Sheets, uh, in the school they used to provide us a software which were just like a Google Sheets and a Google Meet where we could like, you know, um, like every school has their own software because for the privacy and every other things, they're where they want to keep the material. So we used to use that. Now, um, I personally never use like anything else except Google Meet, like even for, even if I'm doing for like uh, business and like for uh, personal meetings as well. It's just like, even uh, like when we call our family, we use FaceTime, but if someone doesn't have it, so I would prefer uh, Google Meet, like, instant everyone has it they can just click on it so i think i only use google meet i don't even use zoom that much because every time it just kind of like it feels like skype to me sometimes it takes a while to get into there start it it takes like a lot of time google meet one button you're there <laughs> so i feel like that's it yeah zoom zoom exploded because of the pandemic and everyone got popular, but Zoom's very limited because you can't really collaborate with Zoom that much. It's more just about talking and video recording. I think Meets, you're you know, you're able to work on documents together and share stuff. Microsoft Teams, I assume, is similar. Although, in all honesty, I just have not used it very much. Uh, maybe Botan, uh, what do you, does Microsoft Teams have a lot of this communication uh, aspect to it? I mean, yeah, I think uh, Teams is is an awesome tool for collaboration. It's uh, it's like a paid version of uh, Discord, so they are taking notes. It is it is working really well. So I use it uh, literally every single day. So if uh, someone is like, sharing the screen with you, their screen, and you want to pair program or stuff like that, it's uh, it, it's great. It's absolutely seamless. To be perfectly honest, we literally never use it for video chatting. So I cannot attest to that being good or bad either way. But for collaboration, for sharing files, for uh, just chatting, it, it is effortless. So they really got it pinned down to a good formula over there at Microsoft. Yeah, you, you raised an interesting question, Iman, or topic. Uh, when you were talking about your school's program uh, and that they were using it for kind of security. Uh, now that people are doing a lot of work on these platforms that in essence are not really controlled by the work environment. Uh, you know, for enterprise companies, uh, if they get a version of Teams, they're controlling, their IT department controls every aspect of it. But for a regular business or a smaller business, uh, they may not even be using the business version of the platform, personal version, uh, and that opens up all kinds of cybersecurity issues as well as data privacy issues and other things. That, that's going to be a real challenge for these companies, even for someone like Google, securing all this data and keeping it confidential. So while I was at the school, they used they used this like they wouldn't use the Google Sheets because they actually wanted to keep it safe because of the security issues. So my school had their own program, like they have their own software, they would like edit the sheets. And even when we do the online exams, they would like my teacher would like grade it and, you know, make comments about it. And even the whole like my courses, they were like, they had their own software for that. I think it's because uh, they wanted to keep their software like uh, material secure, because uh if we use something else. Yeah, schools and businesses are, are going to have a, a big challenge, cybersecurity, so is enterprise. And that kind of brings it, we've had a lot of cybersecurity issues recently. There was the uh, oil pipeline uh, hack and ransomware situation, uh, a couple of uh, 
a million people got their data stolen from another service. So cybersecurity is really going to be a big issue uh, going forward. Uh, I'm kind of surprised at the number of ransomware uh, attacks that have been happening. It's kind of the new bank robbery. Instead of going in and physically robbing a bank, hacker teams are hacking into enterprise software, uh, taking over the, the systems, uh, and then saying, pay us millions of dollars and we'll give you back control. So uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts uh, on the future of... Uh, uh, cybersecurity or ransomware. What do you think about these uh, oil pipeline hacks? Um, yeah, I mean, for sure. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's very interesting that they actually choosing the places to do this kind of like robbery, uh, where we least expect it. Or yeah, I, I mean, who thought that somebody would turn off an oil pipeline on the East Coast, right? Yeah, that is so um, crazy. But I, I mean, infrastructure is really important and it's worth lots of money, uh, you know, uh, and a lot of the infrastructure is run by old software uh, that is, you know, if you hack into it, you're able to, to own it and nobody else can use the, the controllers to control the various physical aspects of either a pipeline, electrical grid, who knows what they're going to get into next? Um, you know, uh, it could be anything. Um, yeah. And there was like, a, I did re uh, watch this new Netflix series. It's called Startup. And there was a girl who was writing this software from like her whole life. And she wrote it and she was, you know, she started her own company. I think it was genius. It was just like Bitcoin. And um, someone had just like, you know, um, asked her to pay and kind of like stolen her whole like code and made another company so basically she didn't have the money so she couldn't do anything that person was like become millionaire like in a day or so so yeah it's kind of an issue because with the software and everything if i steal it from you it's like it belongs to both of us so i think which is like a very big issue that no one is there to even claim it like we can do on the physical property yeah uh, that that's a, you know the, there's a ransomware to hold something hostage but then there's ip theft uh and uh i, I mean uh but on uh, i think in the gaming industry uh, uh you mentioned once that uh uh i think it was ae got broken into or hacked all oh, right like ea games they <laughs> they yeah. got their uh, the main game engine uh completely copied over and also they uh, which is frostbite but then they also had another thing stolen which was the source code for the new fifas or the new fifa and right yeah, so we can expect a lot of new fifas coming out of uh, less uh, reputable companies you know this In makes sense industry. because there was a time the candy crush was very popular game one app store and if you google it like if you go to app store now you can find like hundred like similar games to that like a little bit of difference but they're all there i think that makes a sense like he was saying that you know they're gonna be like a lot of fifa games with the different names or maybe different little bit you know um the graphics or something so yeah that makes sense there's a lot of like um hopping issues going on with the security Yeah, well, I, I mean, you know, it used to be that people would kind of hack into a system and the hackers would leave some kind of funny message or, you know, the challenge was to just get into the system but not really destroy anything or steal anything. But I think now it's become a more organized business. I think that there are hacker teams out there whose sole purpose is to break into systems and to steal and to hold for ransomware, whatever they can. Uh, it is organized crime at this point, uh, and it's global. Uh, and companies are really going to have to take a look, not just enterprise companies, but even small companies and small businesses are really going to have to try to figure out how do they protect themselves uh, from these hackers. Uh, I mean, what are, I don't know, what are things that companies can do to kind of protect themselves uh, from the, the 
these hacker teams, besides trying to just keep a low profile, uh, is there stuff that they can do for their systems uh, that will help prevent uh, these hacks? Yeah, and even like the smaller companies, even I would say the local business, like which are very small, which just started, you know, and growing up. I would say like they are not even aware of this issue because these are the kind of issues which we think that they happen to someone, we read it, unless it happens to us, then we're going to do something about it. It's like that kind of issue, like small business are not even aware of this problem. Yeah, I think enterprise is is focused on it and but enterprise has a lot of money and big tools. Uh, small businesses, uh, you know, I mean, they can try to keep a low profile, but, you know, security is, is kind of like putting locks on a door. If yeah. somebody really wants to get in, uh, it doesn't matter how many locks they put on your door. Uh, they just drive a bulldozer up to your house and, you know, punch a hole in the side of a wall. I mean, it's kind of like that with cybersecurity. If somebody really wants into your system, they're just going to keep working at it until they eventually figure it out. Right? That is true. Yeah, that is true. Like, I feel like we have, like, we do have that kind of team in here. Like we have FBI, you know, we definitely need some, that kind of like strong cybersecurity team, which would be like, you know, I feel like it's going to be the future. We're going to be more scared or fear about the things uh, which are online, which we have online access to, like online property kind of thing, instead of like physical property, uh, like people used to keep money at their home. So because now people can even transfer the, like, the money from your account to there, then you are just like done. If they have like that kind of access, if it would go that far, I'm sure it can. We do see in the movies, so I think some hackers, even if they don't have the idea now, they're gonna figure out a way to get it, you know? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I know there's some hacking rings where they basically go around and take a look at uh, banking websites uh, and try different names and dictionary password cracks to find usernames and passwords. And, you know, uh, eventually they get into somebody's account. And at that point, uh, they just transfer money and there's nothing that can be done. Right. That's uh, true. And, you know, uh, obviously you could uh, uh, get anyone's uh, usernames and passwords, just go to the dark web. I mean, so many of them have been stolen that you can probably buy uh, a million usernames and passwords and go through and start, you know, trying to crack into banks and other things with them to get into people's accounts and, and send money. I, I, I'm sure it happens all the time. It actually happened to my dad three years back. So he was here, his bank is here, his debit card is here, credit card is here. But someone back in India, like, you know, they like we saw the transaction happen there. We have no idea. He never been to that state. He never been to that place. I'm not sure. And he's the guy like my daddy's kind of guy who changes her password every month just to make sure that, you know, um, like it doesn't get copied somewhere because sometimes we use Wi-Fi from like public Wi-Fi to get connected to or something. And that happens to him. I mean, technically, we got the money back, but this thing is actually possible like in another country in another state where he never even been to yeah yeah well i i mean the dark web has you know everyone i i just assume all my passwords and usernames are on the dark web right and you know it's just a matter of time before somebody you know hits me and and does something and all you can do is change your passwords all the time but you know, it's a timing thing if it just doesn't happen, you know, at the right time. Uh, I'm not very familiar with what's on the dark web, but I assume you can get anything there, right? Or I think, Botan, you were talking once, uh, there's like a, a bunch of dark webs or who knows. Oh, yeah. I was just saying probably. I mean, I would bet a lot of money that there are at least five at minimum. Like we have Tor, as I was saying, that's originally a honeypot populated mm -hmm. by uh, a lot of international uh, agencies. Um, but they are mainly monitoring for like uh, terrorist organizations. So you don't really mind if uh, you or I buy a bunch of passwords and we <laughs> try all of them on Venmo and PayPal. So it's not really the focus mm -hmm. of uh, their surveillance. Uh, but even then, I mean, there, there must be a bunch of other dark webs which deal with much shadier stuff. Like uh, if you think that the stuff they sell on Tor is shady. 
<laughs> I bet you a million bucks that there is much more shady stuff going on in different smaller dark webs, just like uh, in the series you mentioned, the man, like uh, the startup. They, I think in one of the seasons, they start a completely new dark web, which is called uh, Arachnet in the series. That's, you're right. Yeah, I watched it. I did watch it. They actually built the whole business over there. Did you see that? Like they are actually shipping. And Dave, they wouldn't even know. It's actually USPS. They are actually shipping through the normal companies because they never check. Right. Yeah, it, it, uh, there's a lot of business that goes through companies that is probably very illegal. But, you know, the amount of transactions that are now happening, it's very hard for these companies to figure out, you know, if they wanted to even find transactions that were not legal, how would they go about it? There's just so much data and so many transactions nowadays. Uh, it, it It's really hard. I, I mean... It, I remember I did a hackers uh, hackathon like 2001 for uh, the Association of Internet Professionals that I was a part of. And we had uh, uh, an FBI agent come in and talk about what the FBI was doing back then. Uh, and it was very little. And one of the questions was, well, if I get hacked, who do I call? And the FBI agent was like, oh, we don't know. Right. Don't call us. We're not working on this, this stuff on a case by case basis. Call your local police department. And it's like, well, they have no knowledge back then of anything. Even now, if you call the police and say, hey, I was hacked and my database uh, was copied or stolen. And and what do I do? Or my IP was stolen. Uh, I want to report a theft. I mean, Technically, it's a theft, and, and although physically there was nothing stolen, it was data, uh, you know, I don't think there's a police department that I know of that would be like, yeah, we can help you, mm -hmm. right? I, I mean, so who do people go to once they're stolen information? How do, how do they, you know, who do they call to say, hey, somebody broke into my server and stole my data, right? Uh, but it can be worth millions of dollars. It could It could be really a big impact on, on your business and what you're doing. I think there's some real, you know, from a, an infrastructure standpoint, uh, uh, at least in, in America, but in other countries, uh, there's got to be some place that's focused on cybersecurity, uh, a cybersecurity force uh, that basically can look at all these hacks and try to find the people who are doing the hacking and try to either retrieve or, eliminate the problem uh did you, you know, know that uh, independent sources actually pin russia as the number one country for cyber security and cyber attacks like they are supposed to be the best in the business like even overshadowing organizations like the nsa oh you mean as far as doing uh cyber attacks and hacking oh for sure yeah yeah uh, well, I mean, a lot of the major cyber attacks uh, recently have been uh, by Russian hackers or the Russian government. Uh, you never know. I mean, they probably work together, uh, some of them. But I think it was, um, what is the uh, government, uh, the U.S. government service that they hacked into? Um, give me a second here. Yeah. While you looked it up, it's uh, <laughs> like it happened recently, fairly recently, I think in the last year. They uh, practically yeah. took a small part of a country over just by blocking all communication in and out. And they sent in. Ah, solar winds. Oh. The solar wind attack, uh, which they feel is done by the Russians or the Russian government, uh, that went into US uh, government agencies and stole a bunch of data or tried to steal a bunch of data. Um, that, that's a really good example of kind of state-sponsored hacking. Uh, you know, in those situations, the NSA gets involved and a government agency gets involved. But, you know, if uh, you're a, a, a U.S. business, uh, even, you know, if you're just a standard, you know, 
company that distributes wine and you have your uh, mail list and it has all the email addresses and names and usernames and all that uh, and social security numbers or credit card information uh, for your users who buy your wine, uh, somebody hacks in and gets that, uh, they can sell that. that. That's real money. I, I would assume people would buy that database. They could sell it to your competitors uh, and, and they probably do that, right? Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the real question is, is for small business, SMBs, how do you protect your data? How do you protect yourself from, from hacking? Uh, and what kind of cybersecurity? Uh, yeah, you can buy Norton uh, uh, antivirus for your computer, but that won't prevent you know, a hack and that won't protect your service. Uh, you know, a lot of people are using AWS, Amazon Web Services, and maybe using some other places to stick their data. Uh, and then, you know, the good news is, or the good thing for a business is in theory, Amazon has a lot of resources to protect the services from hacking, but they can't protect it from things like uh, somebody finding your username and password and going into the system, you know, through that uh, and transferring the data that way. Uh, that's not technically a hack. I mean, it's a social engineering hack or something like that, but it's not a breaking in uh, using uh, some other hacking method. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that gives small businesses any protection. Um, I don't know if AS, uh, AWS is actually something that will help small businesses protect their data. Yeah, I think many of them have been using it too. And I honestly feel like if someone wants to hack, even they don't know anything about you, all they need is your Gmail ID and your password, and they're all in. Like, like even a small communication we had with someone, we have sent a picture of something to someone, you know, even if we applied for something or I applied for something, they asked me for the documents. They're like, hey, can you attach the files? I'm like, okay, yeah. So it's all in there. Even though if I will delete it, it's just still going to be there. So I think it's so easy for them to access the whole life of one person just through their Gmail ID if they get the right one with the right password. All they need is that. And even though, like, um, there was another, I'm not sure if that series, there's how much, like, how much truth into it. Um, but uh, Botan, have you watched a series on Facebook where they actually, uh, like, explain the whole life of the Mark Zuckerberg, like, how he started? The way he started, he actually broke into the Harvard University's uh, website. He took all the uh, you know information of the, all the students from there, and you know got their email and sent out the invitation. That's how he started. So I'm not sure if, if one of the lawsuits on him was from there. I'm not sure like about his lawsuits, but that was a kind of like theft too. He stole all the email, and he was actually mentioning in that too that it's pretty easy to break into it. Because if we think about it, sometimes in my school, like they have like sfsc.edu. So while we sign in, we actually give them the access to their Gmail ID too. And I don't think they actually protect about the student's identity and anything that much. So it's, if they can, someone can break into their system, it's so easy for them to break into like other, you know, my other profiles. So, yeah. Well, probably one of the best things we can do is to not really reuse passwords because that's a big thing. <laughs> if you use the same password yeah. and username everywhere, it, it it's enough if one place gets a leak and you're done. All <laughs> your info is out there. So, so yeah. this might come as a controversial opinion, but I personally find that cybersecurity is a bit of a moot point because at some point, uh, software has to interface with uh, the real world. So to come back to the analogy of uh, cybersecurity being like adding locks to a door, you can add the most advanced biometric uh, lock, the best-in-class servers, the best uh, firewalls. And yet, yeah. someone comes uh, along with a magnet and just click, the door is open, and it's done. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, social engineering, door, as you mentioned, is yeah. invaluable. Like Dave was mentioning, if there's a door, there's always an option to open it. If there's an option to open it, there's another option to break it. Exactly, which uh, means that unless you are somehow doing a piece of business with people that doesn't involve the Internet, uh, you have no choice. You get to have a, a door uh, and you have to lock it as best you can. 
Uh, I think passwords, usernames and passwords, obviously, you know, the basic uh, username, password security stuff is important. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, the problem people have uh, with passwords is nowadays uh, you need to have so many different platforms and accounts uh, to work on the web and to do your work uh, that, you know, you're having to remember 10, 30 passwords. Uh, a lot of people do use the same password for a lot of different things. Uh, the question is there, there are password managers and there are software that will basically remember all the passwords for you so that all you have to do is just remember one password, uh, which is to your password manager. Uh, I don't know, how good are password managers? Uh, do either of you have any uh, experience with them? I mean, I'm actually very dependent on them. I don't, I'm, I don't remember any password. Uh, but yeah, I think I do use through my iCloud, like uh, I save them all in there. So every time I need to look, I can take a look or I would just do forget password and go all over again. Uh, but yeah, I am, I'm not sure how secure they are, which is a big issue. I need to think about it now. Uh, but I think I'm very dependent on it because it's the easiest thing to do. Yeah. I, I'm yeah, Bauton, uh, what, what do you think of password managers? Oh, well, they are an integral part of my life. So I think Google has most of my passwords, which is a bit worrisome since they removed their original motto, which was don't be evil, like three years ago. So <laughs> they okay. got rid of that. But I try to keep the more important stuff uh, right here. The only place I can actually protect. Like uh, maybe have uh, maybe three important passwords in my life, like, uh, you know, banking, PayPal, stuff like that. And those I try to not write down anywhere under any circumstances. Even if, yeah. uh, like someone, uh, like one of the worst things I did is yeah. I have a bunch of passwords in uh, uh, Gmail, no, not Gmail, just Google Password Manager, Chrome, that's it. Also, there's this app, one password, and also I use LastPass, LastPass for a while. None of them really worked out, to be honest. Uh, I feel the great advantage of password managers, or at least of one password, which uh, I tend to use most, is that it can generate passwords for you. I was so about really to ask you, it. like, how do you feel about it? Do you think it's a safe way to do it? I mean, I wouldn't do it. I, I'd never take the, the whatever the password is suggest because it's so confusing. I would never be able to even, like, remember it. Well, it depends. Like, the setting I use is usually four words and a minimum of, like, 15, 20 characters. So then it's reasonably easy to remember. Like, a, a great yeah. password would I usually make this recommendation to friends, like they're struggling to keep in track of passwords. So I tell them to uh, look at four things on their table, any four things in any order. So I would say, uh, let's say, charger, uh, airbrush, microphone, and camera. And then I just string these four words together with a dash, and boom, ultra secure password cannot be cracked for millions of years. Yeah, you're right. And all all of that uh, replace something with a special character, replace something with a number. It it just doesn't work, and it makes me so furious when a website is like, "Oh nah, mate, you, you have forty characters, but but you need to add one number and one special character. It's very important." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. I, I'm actually I'm actually mad. <laughs> <Those days. laughs> But think about it. Like it's just like lottery. Like Dave, we have the super lotto and stuff, right? Some people just buy one number, keep it for years. Let's say there is a one hacker keeping one number, keeping it for years. You generate the same number, it's gonna get to you. Just saying. You might not. But I'm saying there is always a possibility because they wouldn't do like they're not gonna think about it. They might generate it like with random numbers or so. Um, yeah. I feel like if they have a lot of them and they are just like using that combination on you. Is still gonna work but yeah you're right i think the best thing to do is like um the very good thing i like like whenever someone tries to use my gmail or even tries to like log into it i would get the notification on my phone hey someone is trying to like log in into your account from this particular location on this browser would you allow it 
So I think that's the best thing I like about Gmail or Facebook or Instagram or any other thing. You can actually check like from where someone like tried to even log in into it. Yeah, um, you know, uh, two-step authentication also is popular. Getting it sent to your phone, uh, a, a bunch of services I recently uh, signed up for. Uh, it's not an option. They demand that you do two-step. You don't mm -hmm. even have the option. Uh, that way they can make sure it's you who's getting it. It's a pain in the ass because then you have to go to your phone. You have to copy their email address or however they're doing it and type in their code and, you know, on the other hand, it's a little bit of a hassle, but it's definitely more secure, right? It is. Uh, it is it sure. makes it harder. Way more. Uh, I'm sure there's ways that hackers can get around it, but uh, it's is, not every Dave. hacker. Dave, do you remember like a couple of years back, there was an app which was actually making, like someone can use your number, send messages through your phone, and like to your family or something. I think they actually, do you remember Bhutan? I don't, I don't remember the name of it. I never used it, but it was there on App Store for a while. People were sending like messages okay. to an, every other person. Like on the app, Dave, I'm going to put your number in there and I can use your number on my phone. I will oh, get all cool. the messages. I can send all the messages and people would think that's you. I knew that. For yeah, I remember, I remember hearing about that. Yeah. Like there were a few incidents which happened in my family too in New York. So someone called my sister-in-law and they said that my brother is in jail and they need this much amount of money. Give me credit card or something. They were asking for the money and SSN and all that stuff. I mean, I'm glad she didn't do it because she saw his Snapchat or something somewhere. So she kind of figured it out. But if someone would panic, anything would happen. I yeah, I know that that scam has been done with people. I, I remember an app that had a controversy like that. I guess that's what it was, but yeah. I don't remember the name of the app. Yeah, me neither, but it was there for a while. Uh, do you also enjoy videos where people are <laughs> scamming the scammers, so to say? Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, th there's a couple of YouTube videos about that. Yeah. But at that point, it's like, you know, all this data from people, uh, you know, there's a matrix of data. So one organization or one person or whoever has some data and then another has some other people's data or the same people, just different data. Uh, I, you know, they, they can all be linked. You know, uh, I, I think a lot of data can be linked together and people do that um, mm -hmm. with, uh, I think, IDs, right? All oh, right. Yeah, we uh, we discussed this earlier. So <laughs> the trick is that uh, you have one ID for like Facebook, one ID at Google, one ID at uh, yes, know, there you go. iCloud. And uh, the problem starts when all of these IDs can be linked and they can be linked reliably and consistently. Like, yeah. uh, as long as uh, your banking details don't get mixed in there, it's, uh, it's fine-ish. <laughs> as soon <laughs> as all of your... Uh, purchases can be linked then uh, we are done but but that's that's like 99 percent of humanity these days so everyone has this huge amount of data which is uh, taken from from their activities their purchases their everything so it, it has gotten to the point where uh, ai can better predict what we're gonna do than us so there was this big <laughs> big debacle with the uh, targets uh, many years ago, and I, I yeah, they stole all the data. <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, it's, <laughs> it's they had this AI, this very rudimentary AI. Imagine like ten, twenty years ago. It, by by today's uh, uh, by by today's standards, it's it's not even an AI. So there was this uh, young woman <laughs> who who went shopping to Target like quite often. Pretty much the only place she went to shop. And Target has these loyalty cards, as I hear, because there's no Target they here. Do. So excuse yeah. all of the inaccuracies. They, they do. Yeah. Yeah. So we have Tesco's, pretty much the same thing. So Target used to like track all the purchases, and based on that, they would send you coupons for things they thought you might need. And mm. so <laughs> the Target sent uh, to her mailing address coupons for, uh, I think, diapers and uh, some other, like, child-related stuff. 
<laughs> the big thing was it's, since she was still living with uh, her very, very religious family and didn't tell anyone about the pregnancy, <laughs> everyone had to hear from Target. I remember something about that, yeah. But that was decades ago. Imagine yeah. what we have now. Yeah, there's that. And there was another incident with Target in which Target uh, was doing business with Amazon and Amazon was using AI to basically copy a lot of Target's uh, processes and sales stuff. Uh, and Target found out uh, and basically uh, uh, stopped using Amazon uh, for their business and had to build it up themselves uh, because uh, uh, Amazon was basically copying and taking all their data. Uh, and using it for uh, building up Amazon. So that that in itself is kind of a, a different form of hacking in a way uh, because it's it's accessing and taking IP and using it. Um, so, but yeah, the linking of data, I, I mean, you know, I, I got a, a, a microchip embedded in me when I got vaccinated. Uh, so the government's <laughs> tracking me. Oh, wait, I have a cell phone. They're tracking me anyways. Yeah. Now they're tracking me twice. <laughs> and they're using this data to find out all about me because I'm the most interesting person in the universe. Oh, yeah, but now I have such excellent 5G connection whenever I hold my phone in my hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, that, that's kind of a strange thing. Well, I, I think we had a good discussion about cyber security, and I'm sure... It will be a topic in the future as well. For sure. So uh, it was a great conversation. Mm -hmm. And next month, uh, we will have a different topic on Screenbox uh, Technology and Business Rundown. Well, thank you very much for taking this journey with us. Join us for our next exciting exploration of technology and business on the first week of every month and for our next podcast. Please subscribe, like, and follow us on whichever platform you are listening or watching us on. We hope you enjoyed this podcast, and please let us know any subjects, topics, or anything else you'd like us to discuss in the next podcast on the comment sections or in a Twitter DM. Till next month, please stay happy and healthy.